You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Nolan is standing by. Hey, Wacky Bruce. Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome. To another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. I think it's going to be a short one today, but I've said that before, and it hasn't ended up being the case. So, let's get started. Get me pictures of Spider-Man! That is my J. Jonah Jameson impersonation i didn't actually change the voice i'm just doing the shaking the fist and yelling thing for those of you who are uninitiated j jonah jameson is a fictional character from the marvel universe most notably found in spider-man comics and tv shows and movies and things like that and j jonah jameson is known throughout the marvel universe and in spider-man comics as specifically pushing The narrative that Spider-Man is, quote, a menace. That's the word that gets used a lot by J. Jonah Jameson. Every single maneuver has an angle. If Spider-Man does something heroic, it's because he's a glory hog. If he saves the city from a supervillain, it doesn't matter because he was the one who attracted or created the supervillain to begin with. Everything has an angle because J. Jonah Jameson is pushing a narrative. He is a parody, essentially, of media. He is not interested in analyzing facts. He is interested in carrying out a smear campaign. He is interested in pushing a narrative. Oftentimes, this is used to humorous effect in Spider-Man comics and books and TV shows and movies and video games and whatnot. And it's viewed in this humorous light, but it's actually a lesson. J. Jonas Jameson is a lesson because it doesn't matter what stimuli there is. It doesn't matter what phenomenon occurs. It doesn't matter what actually happens because it will all be pushed through the lens of J. Jonah Jameson. And as such, it will all be twisted as being Spider-Man's fault. He is pushing a narrative. He is not analyzing something. He is pushing a narrative. He's going to go in one direction regardless of what the data says. Regardless of what actually happens in the real world, he's going to go one direction. And not like the fun boy band one direction. The dogmatic, closed-minded, 
One Direction. So, the Buffalo Bills lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars in London on Sunday morning, getting all of our days off to a less than stellar start. Those of us who are watching in North America. And that was less than ideal. We did not enjoy our time watching the Buffalo Bills lose. But the way that we've come out of it, I think has been really interesting. I want to talk a little bit about Ken Dorsey today. And I'm not going to defend Ken Dorsey and say that he's amazing. And I'm also not going to take the alternate approach and say that Ken Dorsey is a failure and the offensive failures are entirely on him. So I watched back the all 22 of that game as much as I didn't enjoy it. And overwhelmingly, I had some criticisms of Ken Dorsey and I had some criticisms of execution. And specifically, I wrote down ill-timed execution flaws as being a factor in the game. Isolated individual execution errors. A drop here, a penalty here, push you back, put you behind. The Bills didn't string together multiple good plays because they were continually interrupted by an individual execution error. Those types of things are very difficult for me to assign to plurality pie, which we'll get to. This is all kind of a plurality pie discussion anyway, because it was a different person every time. It was the same way when you looked at the missed tackles on the defensive side. Nobody on the Bills team had more than two missed tackles. There were just a lot of them. There were a lot of missed tackles, but it wasn't like one person had six. So how do you divide that up? It was just a failure individually on every play. It seemed like something was going wrong. Now, obviously it wasn't every play, but it was frequently on one side of the ball. There would be an individual issue. In my opinion, the defense held up there into the bargain a lot better than the offense, especially considering the injuries that this effort threw. But when it came to offensive production, it was one individual error after another. It was Dawson Knox who had a drop. It was Gabe Davis who had a drop. It was James Cook who made a wrong call on a running play. It was over and over and over again. It was somebody different. So let's talk about Ken Dorsey in relates to that. So put that in your back pocket. Keep going. Here are the things that I cannot criticize Ken Dorsey for, although I would like to, and although it's starting to become popular to do so. The first one is Dalton Kincaid. Dalton Kincaid's average depth of target is really, really, really low. But that doesn't tell you what he's being asked to do. That simply tells you how he is being utilized. And by utilized, I mean actually involved physically by having him touch the ball. His average depth of route run is not crazy small. It's actually fairly reasonable. He's running the routes. He's just only ever getting the ball in the short parts of the field, in the short areas, on those outlets. He's running other routes. The ball's just not going to him on those spots. So here's what I can't say. Well, every route that Dalton Kincaid is running is an outlet route. No, he's being primarily utilized that way, as in that's when he's getting the ball, but that's not where he's always running. So he's running corner routes, and he's running pivot routes. He's just not getting the ball on those routes. So that's a very small Ken Dorsey and also a Josh Allen discussion because Josh Allen's the one who's not throwing him the ball, and we can have a reasonable idea of where the read is supposed to go. You can get a 
a decent idea for who the second and third. You get a pretty good idea on who the first read is, right? That's you, you can usually watch all 22 and know who the first read is. But extrapolating from there, your success rate goes down and down and down when you try and go the second rate, the third read, the fourth read, and so on and so forth. Because a lot of times the quarterback doesn't get there, and so then you're left kind of guessing who was going to be it. You can kind of get an idea when you see route concepts and you know offenses and you know where the defense is going. Okay, if it's zone, I'm going to go here first. If it's man, I'm going to go. And things like that. You can get an idea. But past the first read, it's really, really difficult to tell whether or not Dalton Kincaid was the second guy or the third guy or the third guy or the fourth guy. You kind of get a vibe for it, but you're never going to feel really super strong about that unless you actually know the play call. You know the way it's supposed to go. So I have criticism for Ken Dorsey, but it's not he's not having Dalton Kincaid run routes down the field because Dalton Kincaid is running intermediate routes. He's just not getting the ball on intermediate routes. That's a different criticism. So again, I'm okay with criticizing Ken Dorsey about Dalton Kincaid. But let's make sure it's the right criticism. Because if you watch the film, he is doing it. If you look at the average depth of routes, advanced metric, he is doing it. He's just not getting the ball when he does it. Which means now we go, okay, we should be utilizing Dalton Kincaid more often when he's the first or second read. Okay, that's a criticism. Let's do that. But at the same time, it's kind of working. The Buffalo Bills passing offense is really good. So yeah, we would like more of Dalton Kincaid. I would too. And what I'd like to see, personally, this is this is the this is the criticism. And I want to be really specific. When the Bills passing offense is going through a lull. I would like to see the lull attempted to be alleviated through utilization of Dalton Kincaid as a primary or secondary read more often. That's my criticism. And I'm very, very careful with the wording on that. Because I think words matter. And it's really important that we use the right ones. When those moments happen, because even great passing offenses because the Bills do have a great passing offense, they're going to go through lulls. When those lulls happen, I'd like to be able to pivot to something that can help get the engine revving in the exact same way that we oftentimes said Josh Allen went to Cole Beasley in 2020 when the passing offense hit a wall. He go, you know what? I'm going to get myself right. I'm going to run this through Cole Beasley. And that completely tracks with the type of role that you wanted Dalton Kincaid to have, there's a reason people called him Swole Beasley. So my criticism is not going to be Ken Dorsey is operating a bad passing offense because the Bills have a good passing offense. It's not going to be Ken Dorsey isn't having Dalton Kincaid run intermediate routes because he is running intermediate routes. I don't want to have a criticism that is stating a fact that is not true. Well, Ken Dorsey's only having Dawson Knox run outlet routes. No, he's only being thrown the ball on outlet routes as a general rule. But that doesn't mean that's what he's being asked to do. He is being asked to do intermediate routes. You can pull on the on 22 and you can see it with your own eyes. One of the things I absolutely love about the all 22 this year is that Dawson Knox wears red gloves and Dalton Kincaid wears white gloves. And that makes this very easy to be able to spot them when, you know, they both have 86 and 88 look similar and you're still trying to get your bearing on it. So thank you very much for wearing different colored gloves for the all 22. That's a 
a huge benefit to me. So I want to be consistent with the criticism. The criticism isn't, well, he's not utilizing Dalton Kincaid in the intermediate routes. No, Dalton Kincaid isn't getting utilized in the intermediate routes because he's not getting thrown the ball there, but he is running there. But even great passing offenses have lulls. So what I'd like to see is I'd like to see a package of plays where if the Buffalo Bills passing offense is struggling for a couple drives or a quarter, because these things happen, even in great passing offenses, you have the ability to pivot. Or if you see something on the defensive side where they're doing something specific, I want to have those plays where you can run the offense through the intermediate parts of the field, stay on task, move the sticks with a player like Dalton Kincaid. That is my very, very specific criticism of Ken Dorsey. And I think that's very fair based on what we've seen. Another very specific criticism of Ken Dorsey that I have is I want to see more under center play action. I think you're cutting out a big part of what Josh Allen does well as far as ball handling goes. I think you are cutting out a big part of his rhythm when you do that. I want to see more under center play action. And I know that the Jaguars had heavier boxes, but I trust Josh Allen to be able to make somebody miss in the pocket. If you're moving a pocket and you get a free rusher, make somebody miss, make a play down the field. I think you can get some big plays off that. I think that's an identity. Uh, Under center, 12 personnel, downhill running, play action passing. I think it's a big part of what the Buffalo Bills can do if they're in positive game scripts. And because of their really, really good offense, they're going to be in positive game scripts a lot, which means you're not going to have that taken from you. So I think it matters. I want to see more of that from Ken Dorsey. That's another very specific criticism I have. But that's me analyzing what is. That is not me pushing a narrative. That is not me being J. Jonah Jameson, where no matter what happens, it's Ken Dorsey. It's always Ken Dorsey. Again, let's be very, very clear. I have criticism for Ken Dorsey. There are specific things I'd like him to do better. But we're not going to do that thing where literally every single time the Bills lose, it's Ken Dorsey. The reason why we do plurality pie to begin with is so we get out of this mindset that it's not always, hey, it's that guy's fault. Because that's what J. Jonah Jameson does. No matter what happens, it's Spider-Man's fault. What's that? The water doesn't work? It must be Spider-Man. What's that? The electricity went out. It must be Spider-Man. Everything is Spider-Man's fault. That's why it's a, a caricature. But we do that. We do the same thing. We're not even analyzing. We're just pushing a narrative. No matter what it is, it's Ken Dorsey. And again, let's be critical of Ken Dorsey. Let's be critical of everybody all the time because... That's how we get better. That's how we get better. Not them. They don't They don't care. Like Josh Allen's not listening to this. Ken Dorsey's not listening to this and going, oh my gosh, Bruce is right. They don't care. I'm a nobody. But that's how we get better mentally digesting the game. By just not taking the easy way out. The easy way out is just whatever my narrative was before, I'm going to find a way to make this new data. I'm going to smash it in there and twist it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a quick story. I wasn't planning on doing this. I was very young. My mother used to tell the story all the time. I was very young and I was doing the square peg, round hole, you know, triangle peg, 
square hole, all that stuff. I was, pl- I was playing that little game. And I was talking fairly early in life. And my mother used to tell me the story. And she would say that I was one time trying to take a, um, a triangle piece and putting it in a round hole. And she said, sweetheart, that, that's not going to fit. And I looked up at her and I said, I'll make it fit. That's what we do. I have no idea if that's, that story is even true or just something fun that my mom liked to tell me. But that's what we do. We just we make it fit because we have the hole already built and we've already decided that everything that possibly goes wrong is Ken Dorsey's fault. So because of that, we're just going to go ahead and do this. So let's be let's be critical by all means, but let's make sure that we're stating things that are true and let's make sure that they are based in logic, our criticisms, because Dalton Kincaid isn't running any routes past the line of scrimmage. That's not true. I mean, you can look that up. There's an average route depth metric. You can look it on all 22. You can look at it and go, oh, that, that's not true. It's easily refutable statement. Now, he is only getting thrown the ball as a general. I mean, one pass down the field. The rest of it's all outlets pretty much almost all the time. So, yeah, that his dot is really low. But his dot is average distance of target, not average distance of route run. So that's really important that we understand what we're, you know, what we're throwing out there, what we're stating, what we're putting out into the universe. The average distance of target is just where is he getting the ball? It's not where does he have the opportunity to get the ball? Those are not the same things. So we're going to do plurality pie for the Bills loss against the Jacksonville Jaguars. We got an email and then we're going to get out of here because it is going to be as short as I thought it was going to be. Plurality pie, Buffalo Bills against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Isolated individual execution errors, 27%. Remember how I said I couldn't assign this to one person? I don't want to sign a significant chunk to Dawson Knox for one drop. I don't want to sign a significant chunk to Gabriel Davis for one drop, especially when he did other things. But every single time there was something. Individual, isolated, execution errors, 27%. Ken Dorsey, 12%. Again, it's not like I don't have criticism for Ken Dorsey. Let's just make qualitatively the right criticisms. Kyir Elam, 11%. Calvin Ridley was also awesome. And also, it, it fed right into what Calvin Ridley does well. For those of you who are unaffiliated with Calvin Ridley as a, as a player, Calvin Ridley's superpower is that he will eat up your cushion crazy fast. Right? He's incredibly explosive off the line of scrimmage. And then he does the stop comeback out routes better than maybe anybody in football. That's like his specialty. So the problem is, it's a little bit like being a pitcher in baseball. Yeah, I'm going to make a baseball analogy. You can't be a one-pitch pitcher, but you can be a two-pitch pitcher as long as the two-pitch looks like the one-pitch. And you can just alternate. And you created that idea in the batter's head. Calvin Ridley is kind of like a two-pitch pitcher because he's... He can go vertical on you. I mean, he can just straight up burn you down the field. And you have to respect that because he can do it. He eats up your cushion so fast. He comes off the line so explosive, so hard, head down, arms pumping. He is selling the go route. And then he just snaps that bad boy off. And before you know it, it's 20 yards down the field. There is a correlation between the amount of targets that Calvin Ridley gets and the amount of time Trevor Lawrence has in the pocket. The longer you give Trevor Lawrence, the more likely you are to have a Calvin Ridley target because those are the type of routes he's running. He's running deeper routes. Christian Kirst getting peppered inside, but Calvin Ridley, if you give Trevor Lawrence time, Calvin Ridley is going to do Calvin Ridley things. 
and he almost only needs two routes. He's either going to run past you or he's going to make it look like he's going to run past you and snap it off and take it for a 20-yard gain. So on one hand, Calvin Ridley's a really good player. On the other hand, Kyrie Elam did struggle. His timing was off. He was, just, he was just a tick late, just a slow getting there. James Cook, 10%. I think it was a bad game for James Cook. I think there were some decision-making issues when he had the ball. I think that was uh, manifested itself a couple times by the fact that you saw Damian Harris and Latavius Murray get consistent positive gains. You didn't see that from James Cook. I think it was mostly a decision-making issue. Other 40%. So we have individual isolated execution errors, 27%. Ken Dorsey, 12%. Kyer Elam, 11%. James Cook, 10%. Other 40%. 100% plurality pie. So, we have an email. It's from Evan. He said, well, let's agree to never go back to London again, shall we? Well, I, I'm not going to go there, that's for sure. With the defense looking like a triage unit, Stefan Diggs asks Sean McDermott to organize a field trip to the Niagara Gorge to ride the speedboats to the falls. He stands at the front of the boat and tells Dorsey and Josh they need to boat race every team to carry the defense. Come game time, by force of habit, a high-pitched scream comes out of the visitor's locker room from Cole Beasley. I love you, Josh Allen. It inspires Josh to follow Steph's advice and boat race the Buffalo Bills New Jersey franchise. Final score, Buffalo 35 to nothing. Let's go. I will say this. If Dalton Kincaid clears concussion protocol, I don't think he will. It's not common for a player to clear it in one week. If he were to clear concussion protocol, then Wink Martindale's defense is the type of defense you could have a tight end play well against. So we will see. Could be a tight end game. We'll never know. And if not, well, I guess that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan. Buffalo Rumblings.